0: hi i got a tape i want to play
1: just what do you think you're doing today your move creep take me to the volcano so why don't you make like a tree and get out of here come with me if you want to live this town needs an enema.
2: i just said i need a back of yes that's a human ear all right i got a bad feeling about this So it's come to this. Ugh, feels like forever. We're back baby. We're back. <laughs> no pogs yet. <laughs> Soon. Soon no. though. Soon enough. Uh yeah, Eric and I are back. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. We are here face to face. Yes. In the face of a pandemic. That's
1: why it sounds so good.
2: Uh, picking up on all these cues. Yeah, we're we're going to be here until oh uh, god,
1: there is a pandemic going until, like, on right now, us, isn't right? There. Yeah. Oh, this could sound this we won't
2: we won't start doing this from skype we're gonna bang some episodes we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> yeah. get through this thing we're
1: gonna get through this all right guys we we're here big? for
2: you we're gonna be here every week we Don't all worry have about it us. right now it just we, won't affect everyone's us. yeah everyone's uh on the same page here we all know what the deal is
1: and i got you' <laughs> been even tacos, even tacos, the tacos in it and i got let me tell you a different kind of fever uh <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I did not expect those words. I'm sorry. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I got a fever yeah. for some early nineties horror film classic. Ooh. Oh man, we are uh we are here. We're in it. And we're talking about the candyman. Oh man. It's the candyman, isn't it?
1: The no candyman now. This is a huge important movie in my personal horror history. Mm. And of course, now we know there's going to be a remake in like three months. Yeah, two um, months
2: coming up in June, I think. So, remake. trailers I nev- are already in theaters.
1: I don't know why it never crossed my mind that this would be picked for a remake. Mm. You know, there's remakes are a thing now. You know, we had the Child's Play remake that we did last year, and absolutely there's plenty of other. We did reboots. a Pet Cemetery
2: remake, oh, yeah. so kind of some obscure ones are getting the remake treatment.
1: Yeah, and they're definitely all hitting that um, video store era titles. Definitely, it's really they're they're hitting up eighty eight to ninety two. I'm right very now.
2: excited for the twenty twenty one remake of People Under the Stairs. Oh, sure, uh, that would that movie would actually be
1: great for a remake. Absolutely, I think that would be a cool. Call me remake. Bloomhouse. we I, I got it. There's already been talks that are, it's like one year you hear it and then the project gets shelved for Maniac Cop.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, you know they're about to start filming a Scream. Maybe Scream 5. Scream 5, wow. Who knows scream if that's going to be a continuation a nice rebound, or so. a, yeah. a reboot. But, yeah, all the all the 90s stuff is finally coming back into play.
1: Well, it's it's cool you mentioned Scream because... It is cool. Really? It was really cool, actually. <laughs> Thank you. It was really cool. In my brain, like, there was, like, kind of a... Deathscape of horror movies in the big cinemas between Candyman and Scream. Mm -hmm. Scream really brought it back, and there was horror movies stuff like Lord of Illusions, uh, In the Mouth of Madness. You know, cool stuff. Some good stuff, obviously. Right, but like the the hysteria was
2: gone from the eighties. Well, I'll say for my part, Scream was one of the first horror movies I saw in a theater. I was probably sixteen when it came out. Um, before that, I was not seeing movies in theaters of this nature. I was seeing them all late night at the friend's house. sure, so and... <laughs> yeah for me, the nineties is a is a feeling of v h s oh yeah of uh, rentals of mm-hmm. staying up late I and think, uh, seeing movies like candyman
1: Oh of course i mean i'm seeing I saw both these movies at different sleepover. Either parties or just, you know, on Mm -hmm. in the background at a party when you're 15 kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Candyman especially is super important to my horror history. And I think you've mentioned something like this, too. Well, yeah, like I said, this is a
2: movie I saw late at night at a friend's house, you know, on the tape. Mm -hmm. And uh, I watched it about a week ago because it just came on Netflix yeah, and, I didn't um, know.
1: I, I watched it today. Yeah, because you said, "Yeah, I just randomly watched Candyman." The other I said, "Bam, pop that in today." Oh, it's so
2: good. Yeah, and uh, I realized I remembered nothing <laughs> from the first time. So I never—that was probably twenty years ago. Uh, I would think so. This movie came out in uh, what, like the early Na- '90s, 92? right? '92, '93, '92. So I probably saw it '94 or '5 on okay. a tape. Yeah, probably. this is... I'm trying to remember if it was the same friend who showed me. Uh, Jason Goes to Hell, the <laughs> uncensored tape. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. That messed me up. That <laughs> tent scene messed me up as like a you know, 11 we're, year we're old. We're
1: recording this on Friday the 13th. Ooh, it does happen means to be sometime Friday Sometime today, 13th. we will watch. Maybe we should watch Jason Goes to Hell. We'll Do you have the uncensored version? Yeah. Whew. That tent. <laughs> kill, <man. laughs> there we go. Could be a future episode. Messed me up. <laughs> yeah. She'll talk uh, So, yeah, Candyman, for me, even. Yeah. You know,
2: yeah. Tell me this history. This this uh, personal yeah, or this, history. This, this is one of the big ones. I'm gonna sit back and
1: let it happen. So just like you, it was like slumber party, sleepover. I forget which the guy's version is. Sleepover. I guess.
2: I feel like after eighth grade, it was like overnight. Over. Yeah. Right. Or like uh, I'm just st- I'm staying at Jay's house. Sure. Sure. Something <laughs> that like makes that. Sense. Like, well, yeah. this was
1: still in like sleepover age because mm-hmm. I was 11. I saw 11, 12 at the oldest. Because 92, yeah. So 12 of the oldest. And my buddy Carlos. Ah, uh, Carlos. I don't know where he is today. <laughs> Probably close. Right. I've seen his mom. within His His mom came to my granddad's funeral. Hmm. Um, So I'm not distant. Right. But I don't think this guy knows how important he is to my love of movies. Like, he, he has no clue. But, I mean, he was the go-to friend because his mom let us rent whatever and carlos somehow he was like an adventurous 12 year old and he's renting direct to video stuff I saw Maniac Cop 3 oh, wow. over there. Wow. That was the first Maniac Cop so I you're, saw. Was you're the renting. Third one.
2: That, I mean, that was relatively obscure. Yeah. Yeah. That's not on like the I eye level I shelves. Yeah, exactly.
1: And I wouldn't have, my parents wouldn't have been renting Maniac Cop 3. No, no, sir. Not without seeing the first two, no. at least.
2: <laughs> so, who is this Maniac <laughs> yeah, Badge Cop? of
1: Silence? Who is this guy? And. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Carlos was like, oh, also we're watching this two and a half hour movie, Blood In, Blood Out. So there was, you sit through the American me, you sit through the Blood In, Blood Out. (laughs) But then Carlos also gives you the Candyman and Maniac Cop 3. So, but just such a different selection of movies than I would have ever been allowed to see Mm, at home. Absolutely, yeah. Saw Boogie Nights in the theater when we were like 15. His mom dropped with us up. With Carlos? Yeah, with Damn. Carlos. Mom dropped That's us awesome. up out front, bought the tickets. Oh, Martha. I love that. That's a good movie mom. And so <laughs> I was like, Thank a, you, Martha. Yeah, 11 or 12. He ran Candyman. I remembered the ads. The ads looked really scary because I was not a horror movie guy. We, my parents didn't rent them. My dad has nightmares from like The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. So he's not right. renting horror movies. My mom's a Frady Cat. So I wasn't getting a horror hookup. So I was pretty novice in horror. Just whatever was shown on TV. Um, and Candyman at that sleepover surpassed It, the TV movie, as the oh, scariest yeah. thing for me. This was the first R-rated horror movie that I've seen. And there's some grisly stuff in Candyman. And I'm sitting there Indian-style, you know... Two feet away from the screen, like kids sit eating <laughs> eating one a.m. Taco Bell, and just oh, seeing this movie, I don't think I was ready for. <laughs> <laughs> Too early, you got it, uh, yeah. It is such a vision. I I'm excited for the remake, but I'm not sure what ways they can either modernize it or improve it. Mm-hmm. It's such its own beautiful. Crazy vision. I'm just so into it. Tell me, tell me a little bit about a uh, little bit about what you love about Candyman.
2: <laughs> well, I gotta tell you, the only thing I remembered from being a kid yeah. watching it was uh, Virginia Madsen in the bathtub. So <laughs> oh I might not be the best.
1: <laughs> Boy, we remembered super different things because when they showed Virginia Madsen in a bathtub, briefly, like super briefly. Though I guess to like a twelve-year-old, that seems really long. One boob. Yeah. is just like
2: what? I almost
1: saw that boob. Yeah, her partially covered breast. Water is pretty milky. See, yeah. I was still horrified because a little kid got his dick cut <laughs> off <laughs> like ten minutes before that. Well, I just I uh,
2: so honestly, so I wasn't like I, whoa when I when I rewatched it. It was like oh, I don't remember anything about this movie. I didn't remember the plot. I didn't remember. The characters, except for Virginia Madsen, I didn't remember <laughs> why she was doing things, and I didn't remember anything about her getting, you know, framed for for these crimes. Sure. And stuff. So the, the movie is a, uh, I just remembered, I remember the Candyman, the hook, <laughs> the hook. Okay. The, grizz- the hook's a thing the thing you should The grizzly looking stump, you know, oh, yeah. that the yeah, hook's I lo- in.
1: I love they make it a point early in like a kid telling this. This mythic tale yeah. that the hooks just jammed into the bloody stump. Yeah, you know it's not like a it looked like it's it. not like a slick hook hand. It looked like like it. he can't he doesn't have like one of those cool grabber hands. No, no, no. Like it it's is just, a just straight a, meat hook. It is a meat hook jammed into a stump. Right. Gosh, I shouldn't have been seeing that. <laughs> you should not. <laughs> I wasn't have. ready. I was a um, church. I remember kid. there were
2: bees involved, but I didn't yeah. remember how. So yeah, there's. So you had a pretty long
1: foggy. break. In between seeing this, yeah, it, you it, haven't seen it since when the, I saw uh, it a week
2: ago. It was probably the first time since when I was at wow, yeah fourteen. So
1: that's, that's like twenty years.
2: So as soon as it started playing, the music hooked me in. The, uh, I mean Virginia Madsen is just the two things you just mentioned. Like I think are pretty. I don't. I'm, uh, I'm like at a loss for words about like she's, h- how into <laughs> Virginia Madsen right? I was in this movie. Playing that is Helen,
1: screen perfection. This, so what, like you said, this movie starts, and before you see anything, you get that first notes of the Philip Glass score. Th- yeah, when In, his name
2: came up, I was like, "What?" He did the second one
1: too, man. He did Candyman too. Philip Glass. Yeah, man. Going full, full Philip Glass. So I'm a life. Philip Glass fan. I was not a Philip Glass fan when I was 11 years old. <laughs> But I, that's probably a good thing. That music weird. is so different from what anybody else has done with a horror score. You know, there's hints of uh, the omen, which is another great score, mm-hmm. with the choir. but that pounding, pulsing church organ with light arpeggio piano over it like is, oh my God. that just immediately added so much class and depth to this movie. Like, it really classes up the folklore (laughs) when you have this gorgeous Philip Glass score anthemically rising from the ashes in the background of all this. Well,
2: it's such a juxtaposition to the inner city kind of... I mean, this takes place
1: largely in the projects of uh, Chicago. Yeah, the Cabrini Green, which is like a very famous film uh, location. These very real projects. Um, You know, they... I've never seen projects look scarier than in Candyman. The focus on urban blight and this desolate, depressing landscape that is purposely put there. And then it also showed up in the sequel, uh, Mm. Hoop Dreams, (laughs) the next year. (laughs) Well, it that's me... how I knew. So I had seen yeah. Candyman, and then Hoop Dreams was such an important movie. Uh, I th- They showed it, like, in our school. Uh, it was a really powerful movie at the time. Isn't that a documentary? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It came out a year or two after Candyman. Ni- I think 94, 95. Uh, and it's like, oh, this is the place. Mm. These people are just living at the Candyman place. I didn't know... I- was eleven year old kid. I didn't know what the projects were. I'm lucky enough to not have known that then. No, I do
2: remember being very scared. Yeah, as a kid of that, it, it was the same <laughs> feeling I had when I watched uh, Boys in the Hood at a little oh, yeah. too young of an age. Sure. And I just feel yeah, it was just like that. Seems like the scariest. This is a world I don't know, but it's very close to me. And I was a very sheltered, naive young little yeah. Catholic schoolboy, so. <laughs> It goes without saying. Um, These that's my Green own projects. thing to deal with.
1: Uh, we recently watched and loved uh, Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the graffiti. Sure. And the oh, crime. Yeah. Like, when you see just how Cabrini Green looks in Candyman, it blows something like this prison island <laughs> <laughs> off the planet. The actual like, graffiti, yeah, that's there. It looks just... It was just frightening, man. It's such a scary location for me.
2: But so it's uh yeah it's so barren, and then you you feel so isolated out there. Yeah. And then, so basically, what happens is Virginia Madsen's a graduate student. Yeah, grad worked.
1: student working on her thesis with my girl Cassie Lemons. <laughs> when I see the You're name lemon's Cassie head. Lemons show up in the <laughs> credits, oh. She has just the warmest smile. Who, I don't know her from... Who is she? She's in, like, uh, Silence of the Lambs. Oh, okay. You know, is one of uh, Jodie Foster's mates. Hmm. And uh, she pops up... Geez, isn't she in that Nicolas Cage movie that's Gift to Death? The vampire one? Oh, maybe. I think so. I'm not looking it up right now. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> we're, uh, we're shooting from the hip on hey, uh, Cassie the Lemons today. Head. But, uh, oh, she's, like, always such a good friend. In yeah. movies. And so I knew, oh nice. man, pairing these two up. Virginia Madsen, call me a dummy. She, is, she had left, I don't know why she doesn't leave a bigger imprint. I mean, she has the Oscar nomination from Sideways. Mm-hmm. She is so important to this movie. And it's such a difficult role. Uh, she has such a softness uh, while clearly being fearless and interested in just finding out what Depths, yeah. Society goes to tough, tough lines to, to cross, and she is just perfect,
2: right? Because she comes across as tough, mm-hmm. and uh, but then also vulnerable, yeah, when she needs to I be, mean, right? Very much. It's a it's a fine line
1: to walk. I don't know how she wasn't, you know, you th- see like Jamie Lee Curtis or Sandra Bullock or something mm-hmm. like this. Like, how's Virginia Madsen not Sandra Bullock? How did that not happen? You know. Because, who knows? Oh, I love the, their softness overlaid with, again, you said Baron. I'm mm-hmm. talking about these projects. But I love the way director Bernard Rose, phew, talk about another guy. Like He did uh, this talk amazing about... movie in the 80s called Paper House. Then did Candyman, which is a gorgeous vision. Then did the uh, Gary Oldman Beethoven movie. Oh, uh, Immortal Beloved. You got it. I bet you got that on disc. Uh, I don't know yeah, if I do. Un- I feels might. like one you'd get in like a bunch. I feel like I might. I definitely have Amadeus. But after that, it's like that's it. Yeah, a bunch of weird TV stuff and low budge, and it's like, but hmm. those three, boom, boom, boom. Oh my gosh, because the way he films Chicago, Whoa. this winter overhead shots of Chicago, he finds just all the dried up dead lots the stained concrete mm-hmm. some of those overhead shots and he yeah it's not snow and, and like <laughs> snow
2: banks and yeah. like winter wonderland it's just dead grass yeah and just concrete concrete
1: all and concrete I know you, yeah exactly. and Gray one, th- skies. one thing i love is pretty early on once you see the juxtaposition like you said of these how these projects in this neighborhood looks he doesn't he plays it both ways as in he's not given any flattering shots of the uh of the campus the northern illinois campus oh, yeah, that totally. thing looked ugly as hell and just as gross the way he filmed that desolate uh, car park garage like that place looked abandoned mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like oh no he's just making it clear yeah both sides of the line here are living in the same uh well, crime
2: the interesting shot you keep seeing of the university that she's at it's uh-huh. like this uh Building and within it it's like kind of like a Greek looking theater, open yeah. theater thing, but it looks like a ruin. It's you know, like a it, courtyard that looks like a coliseum, right? Thing that people can walk through underneath. But the way he films it coming down into it, it looks desolate and decayed and unused yeah. and forgotten. And yeah, everything's got this just this like this
1: forgotten sunken quality, forgotten, unused quality yeah. to it. And it's yeah, this Chicago winter really read as. I don't know those skyline shots, and it was all this weird, gorgeous photography with bleak image. Mm-hmm. So it's this constant juxtaposition through the movie, and so yeah, we also get Xander Berkeley, yes, who feels like if if Chris Elliott <laughs> like wasn't doing comedy roles, if he was like, like a Shakespearean, yeah, like, if he was like out. a really serious, he has that same kind of not quite earned confidence. <laughs> and a smugness about yeah. him, you know. Berkeley's the perfect guy to have as the asshole dad and the uh, the so-so boyfriend, right? Perfect. He's for the it. professor, but mm-hmm. he's yeah, pretty pretty slimy. Yeah, So, um, love Xander. And so yeah, these two girls, Cassie Lemons, Virginia Madsen, are researching mythology,
2: myths, urban legends, urban legends. I love urban legends.
1: And we have got some clunkers. Of movies to show for <laughs> urban <laughs> legends, this is basically Bloody Mary, mm-hmm. changed into a much more interesting and cool story. Well, and this has yeah, this has the Bloody Mary. Uh,
2: if you uh, she they hear a story about Candyman, and it's a uh, you know if you say the word Candyman, if you call to Candyman five times in a mirror, yeah, he comes and and kills you. Yeah, uh, did, yeah, classic Bloody Mary did, story. Did you do that? When you watched Candy? Oh, absolutely! At the, at the sleepover? Yeah, definitely. Maybe? Yeah, maybe. Not that night. Not that night. Not right <laughs> after seeing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't want to attempt it. But uh, me, me, Carlos, and uh, you it, know, I'm always like, uh, I'm not, I'm not superstitious, mm-hmm. but I'm like, uh, you know, life's tough enough, right? I don't need to say Candyman five times to maybe <laughs> at best invoke a murderous yeah. spirit. Who's uh, going to be hell-bent on ending my existence. Best case scenario. Best case scenario. It works.
1: You come out the other side <laughs> a little bit braver. Worst case scenario, you get gutted asshole to elbow <laughs> by a dude's bloody meat hook Doesn't even out to me. <sighs> Does not even out. The, the gains <laughs> don't seem to w- outweigh the positives, do we?
2: Is that all? I mean, yeah, I guess that's an interesting way, to, the, the idea of uh, building courage. Yeah, I never thought about that aspect of it. It's like, that's well, a rite of passage, right? you gotta, right. you got to tempt know? the darkness. It's, tempt I love when
1: kids can kind of admit that they're kids. Mm-hmm. You know, that something like that can scare them. You know, everybody's always playing tough or playing smarter than they are or playing like they know. Nobody wants to look like the dummy. So I sure. like when, uh, yeah, Carl and we did not do it that night. No. We did not do a 2 a.m. Candyman mirror. Next day, apartment his apartment bathroom mirror with the bathroom door opened. Right, we got to three. Oh man, we got to three. We were eleven. We called it, yeah. But you know, I like I like being that scared, mm-hmm. that scared, and it didn't bother me. It didn't destroy my life, basically. <laughs> I, was, I like that. Like, I, like, I, I spent the next seven
2: years <laughs> looking over my shoulder, waiting for it. I never left the house
1: or saw a mirror after that. Other than that, no. But I love that level of fear that this movie can inspire. Mm-hmm. It took takes a silly urban legend, and yeah, we get the great opening scene where the urban legend's told. Oh
2: yeah, with Ted Raimi.
1: Ted Raimi, I was I was uh, wondering
2: if you were gonna notice who that oh, was. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I noticed Ted Raimi. Love Raimi. Uh, yeah, he plays the like thirty year old boyfriend in the leather jacket who comes to a over babysitter to come over to smooch with the babysitter, and then uh...
1: I really, I really love the Ted Raimi. Um, about to get some, <laughs> waiting to get some face right when the girl gets hooked. Yeah. Oh, that that whole scene! I was scared from the first two minutes of this movie. He does a great like drinking the beer? Well, that's out of the what I, yeah. yeah, when he when uh yeah they do the great like uh you know they do a little. Making oh, they're out making in the out, bathroom, looking into the room. mirror, and then she does, and then they're saying, "Candyman!" God, I was already so scared when I was a kid. I know, right from I the like, beginning, I'm like, "No, oh, what's gonna? happen? gonna happen already. <laughs> they're already getting into killings, exactly." <laughs> um, and then she's like, "Not here." go downstairs i'll come back with and then it cuts to him sitting on that couch and he's holding a beer and he just kind of has like a chuckle to himself just like a yeah (laughs) takes a takes a dramatic swig (laughs) like "Mm -hmm." it's such a it's such a little bit of silliness for a movie that has no more silliness whatsoever <laughs> for the rest of the runtime. Zero silliness the, to follow. Every bit of humor. There's, there's no halfway with this movie, and that's why it's so effective for me. Mm. They don't chicken out and try and say, "Oh, we better add like a uh, one guy as like the the funny lab tech." Sure. You know who's eating over a corpse or something like that. They don't do any of that. Everybody else is serious damn business (laughs) from the rest of the time out. There's a slightly buffoonish fellow professor, Xander Berkeley's buddy. Oh, yeah, but he's barely in it. Yeah. And so, and then we get that, like, grisly hook blood through the ceiling Mm -hmm. right away. The Um, blood in this movie is This is the bloodiest
2: blood, man. It is like... Ger- it's the gurgliest blood in cinema history. If anything, it's like because These- he's because he's cutting you. It's almost like <laughs> Candyman is cutting you from within. Yeah, and yeah, the hook's coming out, and uh, yeah, the way that people just are just like <laughs> every time <laughs> well, he every made time. it a point
1: earlier. the scariest damn thing for me. <laughs> the like opening narration in pool haven't even said is. Said the actor's name yet? I'm so scared. Tony Todd. Mm. Not saying that four more times. Oh no! I already used Isn't up one he? of them. <laughs> um, another perfect casting. This yeah. dude, rightfully,
2: this is this character
1: is pretty iconic. Rightfully, oh, yeah, deserves every bit of it. Horror yeah. legend. Candyman stands upside with jason even in way less movies just because you got tony todd's presence yeah
2: but he's such a presence that i bet if you went back Candyman is probably on screen about seven minutes of this (laughs) movie probably uh but it's all just the presence
1: well it's that hannibal lecter thing he's got that voice in there for like 15 minutes exactly yeah you know right but everybody thinks the movie is about hannibal lecter you know and yeah his they give him that booming voice that he already has his own mm-hmm. uh this guy sadly he's one of those actors who due to his ginormous stature doesn't get leading man roles in better movies you know he gave such a great performance in the night of the living dead remake mm. see that one the savini yeah yeah one i've seen that he's like the lead That's a good one. That's a good remake. It's a really good remake, and I think a major reason for that was Tony Todd's dramatic play. It wasn't him being a menacing figure, which Mm -hmm. should come naturally to him. The guy's probably six six, but you know him as a normal guy. He really had that range, and it didn't get to get shown off enough because of who are you going to cast opposite the six six guy? You know, John Cusack. If you're that, if you're that cute, you know. But, you know, Tim Robbins, Goldblum, it's tough to cast opposite that. That's why Gina <laughs> Davis got so much work. Hmm. You know. <laughs> but these killings, like you say, his opening narration, he has something. I'm not, I don't remember the exact line, but it's pretty much cutting you from, like, your right. genitals to your gullet. Uh, yeah. So he pretty much implies he's going to hook you right underneath and rip straight up. And then he does he sticks <laughs> does exactly, to his word. Does exactly what yeah, he says. Exactly as advertised. Can't
2: blame him there, man. Yeah.
1: Oh God. So, <laughs>
2: and he's uh, the, the idea is that the the urban legend is that he was uh, maybe a, a slave or or a I think he was a, a learned the black.
1: Yes. In in slave days. In slave and days, and he uh, overstepped his line right. by courting a white woman. Right. And so... So his uh, soul is out yeah, there getting revenge the, the on people. The whole movie is very much about societal issues, mm-hmm. which uh, I didn't realize how much stuck with me the first time I saw it. So yeah, due to his uh, having the audacity to go after a white woman. And this is even... That kind of stuff was still happening in the, the 60s. Which oh, yeah. It blows my mind. Absolutely. And so this is set Pro- back in Plantation. bro. still probably, yeah. somewhere well, around geez. the country. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, the the accounts of his murder as his punishment, you know, to saw his hand off with a rusty right. blade. Classic jab- urban legend jab- stuff. Yeah, stuff. Jab a hook into the bloody stump. And then his naked, prone body given to, like, hundreds of bees and dying of bee stings. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. That's where the bees come in. A lot of bees in this flick. A lot of bees. There was a... Uh, there's some crazy... Lore about Candyman, a movie about a crazy lore. Okay, one of them being that Virginia Madsen is allergic to bees. That would be which bad. seems insane to me. That would be bad to do this, <laughs> but we get some. We get the best on-screen bee work. <laughs> oh, these <laughs> of bees any movie. were very professional. There, because there's been a lot of movies like The Deadly Bees or Swarm. Or movies like that where right. you're not getting bee action like this. This is a
2: bee movie. So here's here's the trivia on IMDB, if you want to hear this. Okay. The bees were bred specifically for this movie. Wow. They needed to they make had their sh- own bee guy. They needed to make sure that the bees were only twelve hours old so that they looked like mature bees, but their stingers <gasps> wouldn't be powerful enough to do any real damage. But then the trivia Above that says Tony Todd was stung by
1: bees twenty three times. <laughs> <laughs> look, man, this so I don't know what to tell you. Look, this the age voice. isn't exact with bees. <laughs> Some of them might mature their stingers faster. I, I have heard uh, on a to, on a Tony Todd Q and A that he got paid a grand for each sting oh, there you due go. to a provision that he had written into the contract. That's smart. That's the thing. That's showing up on the first day and seeing a guy with crates full of bees. And being like, ah, I'm gonna get the producer on the phone.
2: Yeah, but apparently, this. apparently Virginia Madsen, yeah, does say in an interview that she was, uh, said she was allergic to bees, and uh, basically they said, well, you. We don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're just scared. Yeah, you're just scared of You're them. just You're scared. just trying to get out of this. So, uh, yeah, they, they were like, well, we'll have some paramedics on hand. One thing case. I need
1: to know before I sign up for do this movie, <laughs> are there any bees anywhere near the set? I'm very allergic. Uh, we'll work around it. Yeah.
2: Also, the movie's about bees. Or, the on the other hand, it would have been like in the audition, like, uh, so, Virginia, first question, are you allergic to bees? <laughs> yeah. Because there are going to be bees on the set. Oh, yes, I am. Okay, well,
1: thank you for well, coming in. I'm so sorry you drove all the way down you know, here. No. So back to the Cabrini Green. I also like how much they name drop it. They really wanted to make you... That's why I thought it was not a real place. It was... Because it got said a lot. It was strange movie. how many times they said it. Yeah. Yeah. They really want... Like, wa- I think <laughs> it's almost as if the director... The,
2: uh, Rose... will oh, go on. No, I was just thinking back to uh, Dr. Sleep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is this is the, yeah this is the ron say of, <laughs> oh yeah uh, there you go candy man works too but i love uh just how it's almost like bernard rose knew he made something that looked this credible and he's like it's almost like a hip-hop track where you're like i'm gonna reference the mm. neighborhood that i <laughs> you know i'm going to thank these people i'm gonna represent this because back to that projects the first time virginia Manson and uh Cassie Lemons go there, man. Immediately, I was more scared by this than the the hooking that would take place in the oh, yeah. Ted ramey scene because they are verbally assaulted from the moment their car door opens, and then that feeling of just being followed by he handles it really well. The ever increasing gang mm-hmm. at first, there's two guys, then a third pops around a corner, and then a fourth guy comes out from this camera angle, like really good feeling of making sure these women felt surrounded right and really in danger yeah you definitely get that sense and walking up that narrow staircase of these projects you're just waiting for anything to pop around that corner the way he handled a real life situation and made it as scary as you know an actual horror movie where you're waiting for the killer to jump out there were so many smart illusions that he did purposely did sure throughout this whole movie
2: but at the same time, you know Virginia Madsen's very gung ho. Yeah, and she's the bravest and, woman possible. And you wonder if she's just uh, playing that bravery. You know, in the, sure. You know, well, that's why her role was so good. She, she's like, don't yeah. worry, they think we're cops; they won't follow us. She's got this confidence of like, where are you getting this confidence <laughs> yeah. from? You're in uncharted territory right now. Yeah, you're going, in over your head. Going into this strange, she's going into this building to try to find uh, a woman who's been. Supposedly killed by Candyman, right? In this building, and she's yeah, she's basically on her own well, so with her. Well, her friends with her, but they are on their own. There.
1: So when I mentioned before yeah. about this is one major thing that hit hits me about this movie. When you talk about how Candyman came into existence and how he was murdered because he crossed the line, then we immediately see Virginia Madsen's clearly crossing a line. Absolutely, like. A kid says to her, great kid actor, Jake. Yeah. Little kid. Love that guy. You don't belong here, lady. Like, <laughs> you made a mistake. <laughs> mm-hmm. This You are not supposed to be here. Like, she is crossing that societal line that she's not supposed to be well, in. Well,
2: she's, she's going into this project and not only trespassing, basically. Mm-hmm she's taking she knows nobody there she's taking photos of the graffiti like she's some instagram you know influencer and uh that's when we first see vanessa williams not the vanessa not the vanessa Vanessa williams with her guard dog Mm uh and but yeah she's so blatant in her trespassing yeah going into this she find they find the apartment they they go through the apartment they're photographing things taking pictures she's Sees the hole through the wall where she thinks the killer comes and through. That, well, we and then she just... Yeah, she just
1: doesn't stop. She won't be satisfied. No. Yeah, she just needs to find out more and more about this legend. The uh, the idea of you... I hadn't thought of it as her. She's taking so many pictures and she's not supposed to be there. I mean, yeah. no matter what. Out of place. And... And the audacity, yeah, the audacity of, of just like it all.
2: flash, very much some She's using the flash, very much Terrible. white privilege before exactly. people said white. Right, privilege. exactly. Like very this is, much. This is not a tourist destination. <laughs> no, you no. Know. yeah, we're not here to put a coffee table book I together.
1: Mean, I, and I, they even give the line what Cassie Lemons says something like, "I don't even drive through there." Cassie Lemon's is yeah. black, and so it's already <laughs> saying just like, "No, this is just a dangerous neighborhood." Exactly. <laughs> Period. This isn't a. Uh, because it's black people. No, this is just a dangerous area, mm-hmm. and yeah, she's taking pictures like she's the, like you said, Instagram cred, right? The Instagram and and even uh, Vanessa Williams says something like, uh, "Nothing good ever comes from white people sniffing around." <laughs> like, like yeah, pretty much. And she's like, "No, no, it's okay. Hey, I'm uh, I'm writing a story. Like, exactly. Oh, great. I'm doing so research. The." the breakaway medicine cabinet into the cut through hole yeah. behind the wall. Scary. Also, that's very scary. By that's the way, very scary. Cause that
2: feels very real mm-hmm. for a kid like me who grew up in apartments that felt very real. I do remember that.
1: Yeah. And man, I remember staying in just like a hotel room, you know, there's that door in the oh, hotel yeah. room that you never, when I was a kid, I just straight walked in there and there was just like two people in there on the bed. Just like, what? That should not be a thing that exists. Right? The door between the, door the hotel between rooms. Hotels? Is that a thing still? Do or- we
2: really need to cut a middleman between going out my door and going into the door next door to me?
1: Yeah, I assume it's for that's cleaning purposes. It's probably quicker. I don't. You can share one outlet and go. Uh, they don't need to clean boat. that quick. They got time. <laughs> it's a big hotel. They got time. But I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. I just have I'll, this visual of like, geez, these other people are just right here. <laughs> I could just poke in my head.
2: Yeah, the, yeah, even the first scene where she's at her own apartment in the nice place, you know, with the nice
1: view and everything. Yeah.
2: And she shows off how it used to be the projects. Well, it was planned to be the projects. Planned to be the projects.
1: But there was no way of cutting off the pores. Right. There was no freeway to give that barrier. Yeah. So you know, no yeah, train get, line to cut off the pores. There's get very
2: clear yeah, message
1: about class That's why I division. love these overhead shots of Chicago. Yeah. Because they're showing the bad and the good. And it kind of doesn't look that different. It only just looks... Crossed off by train lines, right. barriered off. You but know? everyone's
2: kind of made these barriers
1: in, in their own head. You mm-hmm. know? Um, so, yeah, how you... about the. Uh, I want to talk about the walls in Candyman. Mm. We talked, you know, so there's tons of graffiti. Apparently, the Clive Barker book was about a woman doing like a profile on graffiti artists. Okay. So And that's what gets her there. But not just the graffiti. And the authentic look of it all, but kind of the roughshod style Mm -hmm. of it all. And then you, the walls always look so wet. (laughs) Even there's a lot of blood splatter in the movie, but even then, the walls just look damp, wet, Mm. grimy. You know, I'm talking the bathroom walls, the unused tenement walls. Every mm-hmm. wall she's putting her hand on, I'm just like, oh, oh. oh come on. <laughs> You're viewing that in a twenty twenty lens, yeah. <laughs> the 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 shot in the movie where she goes through the medicine cabinet, through the looking glass, you know, and it cuts to the other side. Mm-hmm. And it's just her coming out of this crude drawing of Tony Todd, Candyman's mouth. Yeah. Oh that's pretty God, that hit me so hard when I was a kid. That was the scariest thing. We hadn't even got to the dick cutting. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this movie shook me so bad. And I was I know. just, I was just doing. Oh, I was getting all back into it watching it today. Just cozied on the couch, curled up watching this. It's thing. intense
2: the whole time, man. It it really is. It's not one of those that takes a long time to build. It is,
1: but it pound you know edge of your seat right from the beginning. Yeah. Well, then it takes some directions that I don't expect. And one thing, no matter how many times I see this movie, I've probably seen it four or five times. I always forget about the Hitchcock angle with the wrongly accused victim. Oh yeah. part of the movie. You had no memory of that. I right? had zero memory yeah. of that happening. Sometimes I all I always think about the the scenes with her and Candyman and her and Cass and It's like. Oh, yeah, her and Cannon scenes are like five minutes. and then mm-hmm. <laughs> they got to fill in all this other time, you know? Right.
2: Well, Helen does the unthinkable. She says Candyman. Gosh. What like a dummy. Like an idiot. She had to just keep going. And uh, he decides he's going to appear to her in the parking garage first. I always love that. Yeah. Uh, so he's across the way in the parking garage. That's when we get to first see Tony Todd. And he's in... I love the coat. And that is he's like in. the first
1: visual, huh? Mm-hmm. First full visual, yeah. I think Gr- so. Great character design. He's got those uh, those checked pants. Oh yeah. Uh, with the with that full past the knees fur coat, <laughs> leather fur coat. Cool look. Yeah. It's cool. But then the bloody look. stump and that and grizzly, hook, yeah, yeah, soaking into Looks the so fur good. of the of the cuff on his coat. Oh gross. And I loved. So I read later. This blew my mind. So, one of the parts of Virginia Madsen's performance I love so much is how convincingly she is the woman in a trance, the woman waking up after having blacked out, mm. the woman, uh, you know, waking up still thinking there's bees on her. She has so many little ticks and great screen crier. Oh, she had to well up with tears like five or six different times over the course of right. this thing. She's these very l- distressed. These long dripping, sloping tears off that... She has like... oh, The way they lit her in this movie. That little porcelain face. Forget about it. T- <laughs> so, the way I love that this killer avoided making her scream. Because all these other... You <laughs> you use the word gurgly, I yeah. think. Every other murder we see just is just like... <clears> throat> 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 like a dude just being torn inside and out yeah and he like has this hypnosis over her Mm -hmm. so she's not the one going down gurgling or screaming she's going into these blackouts where it's almost like
2: he's possessing her or whatever it is but she has to that that's her penance to pay for calling him now she
1: has to well i i kept viewing it as these societal lines are crossed Mm -hmm. and now intertwined and suddenly she's just embodying this (laughs) urban legend killer this this ghost story that kids tell in the dark, you know? And once we... The murder scenes for her murders mm-hmm. are some of the most well-thought-out, just no senseless splatter. Like, this was mapped-out splatter, and it looked like actual crime scene photos. It was pretty bloody stuff. Because that... it wasn't sensationalized. It was just messy and sloppy.
2: Right. But it's so shocking the the so the first time he appears to her in the uh
1: that parking garage, parking garage. Great, as
2: he just keeps walking towards and her and he's slowly. yeah obviously hypnotizing her and then she just blacks out and boom she's in just almost a puddle of blood yeah. somewhere else entirely she's ends up in for, uh Vanessa, Vanessa Williams, Williams right. apartment you see the dog that she had has been killed dog and had the his baby head is... sawed straight straight yeah, off the, yeah decapitated dog uh, and the baby's missing out of the crib. and But, yeah, just the – I had no memory of that being the plot. Right. right? So, you, when that you, happened, it was like, <laughs> what the – What the – Holy <laughs> – you got to – what? Oh, man, we are on a ride now. And things go from there, like, I, just go insane. I forgot how much of a De Palma movie boom. it becomes. Yeah,
1: It becomes a De Palma movie for, like, 40 minutes in the best way, which I'm talking the richest colors – Mm-hmm. the prettiest faced blondes <laughs> and a lot of bloody sloppy murders a lot of blood like the she keeps getting into these hitchcock to palma situations where a grisly murder just took place and suddenly she's holding weapon. <laughs> <laughs> they yep. find so many ways to get Bad a weapon timing. in this poor girl's hand as like oh my god you did not you will not believe what just happened here right Oh, this looks bad. Okay, <laughs> hold on. Hold on now. Yeah, and so this descent into madness, in one point even implying when she's in custody again, people around her just keep dying. Mm-hmm. No matter how much she gets put away, Candyman keeps killing for her. And at a certain point, it's revealed that like she didn't even know a month had gone by. Right. She's just living this whole nightmare, sedated
2: life, been now. drugged. Yeah. Well, yeah, she, uh, yeah, every every she kills the dog. They arrest her. They let her go. She ends up killing her best friend in yeah. the apartment. Then they really arrest her. Yeah. Then and she's put her down. She's
1: really seriously arrested. This
2: and time. then she's given uh, uh, an appointment with the therapist a therapist the month later. Yeah. Candyman comes out of nowhere, gurgles that guy to death. <laughs> That guy's the gurgliest. His was awful. That well, and got again, I don't know up why. The back, man, at some point, I'm like, why am I not expecting this? Because of course, <laughs> yeah. that's what's going to happen. But when he all of a sudden is just like staring at her and just <laughs> out of nowhere, I'm like, ah! <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no! Surely they're not going to do this still again. At it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I kind of kept foolishly waiting for them to be like, you know what? This woman's she's onto something. I thought this is the time. This dude getting done, There, finally she's going to be exonerated.
2: Nope. Nope. Well, Candyman, he shows up behind the doctor. Then he frees her from her yeah, cuffs. Yeah, undoes her she stirrups. And then he pulls a Batman out the window. That was a weird shot. That was a weird moment. They I think feel- that was the one moment where it was like, <laughs> what are Candyman's things yeah. here? <laughs> What, what
1: can he It'd do be like it would be <laughs> he like he suddenly has heat vision yeah You're like wait a minute is that <laughs> is that a thing that Candyman does oh i didn't
2: that's just not a he like he didn't even jump he i mean he obviously gets pulled by a wire through the window well, backwards does. It but looks it's like, like he gets kind of sucked doing? out like an airplane window <laughs> yeah. He just
1: kind of his like his uh just kind of curls up and just... Whoosh, His legs and arms whoosh. both go out straight, and he kind of just, like, shoots back like he got, kind of went out of cannon. Yeah, but it's, it's
2: like, totally like a like a Batman moment of, like...
1: Yeah. Then it, he
2: flies off it's into Tony the Tata distance. Tony a genie? It's, like... Very
1: confusing
2: uh, right, moment right. for Candyman. But th- obviously that means she escapes out the window, and it, it's, like, it keeps looking...
1: Yeah, exactly. It keeps it's looking like, like, it's like she's more and more a, a psychopath. Pretty, pretty, pretty well set How up. How about that scene, which... When she's strapped to the table. So we just detailed well, yeah. the bad wire work in the movie. Not really the bad wire work, just the like, oh, huh, I guess he does that too. A little confusing, yeah. And then they're like, also, he's never going to do it again. <laughs> just that one time.
2: Only when he needs to, to frame you up. For we, this re- p- we really wanted him situation. to just throw
1: down a smoke bomb and get the hell out of Dodge. I almost wanted and- a
2: scene of him being like, all right, so I guess I could just crash out the window and then... Like, he's putting it together in his head. Yeah. Over the baby. Probably, <laughs> <he's yeah>. holding. <laughs> over the kidnapped baby. I'm gonna Probably make...
1: a good idea we didn't show, like, the, the Candyman landing. It would have been bad to see Candyman just, like, whoop. <laughs> just, running. just running away, <laughs> Runnin', running down the parking garage. <laughs> like, doesn't look as cool. It looks way better when you just Batman out a window Definitely. with a, your grappling gun or something. Exactly. It's still a dark man move. Just, <laughs> oh, yeah. Very dark. And man. Uh, <laughs> it, very, it just reminded me of those Sam Raimi wire shots <laughs> in that movie. Um, but that scene where the good wire scene, right. where he basically Mission Impossibles He's down hovered, on top of hovering her, over her, hovering yeah. parallel to her body. Was not expecting that. That was a good one. Oh, yeah. that looked so cool. That was cool. Oh man, just and then I looked. a lot of cool visuals like that that are just they knew how to frame. He, it's I'm so shocked he didn't have this guy didn't have more genre work or more legitimate work, uh, just because he know he knew how to softly frame his lead so well, mm-hmm. but he knew how to shoot for horror in all the Candyman scenes and all the other scenes so perfectly. It's like, usually a guy who can make an actress look that good can't also just be like, yeah, let's do some grisly dumb shit. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's such it's a perfect grisly. combination, you know, it's that De Palma thing, but there's hardly any, there's like no other genre work in this guy's career, so you're, there's like an itch. Hmm. It's like, I want more from there Bernard be Rose, there, you know? Right? Yeah, yeah, there has to be. Um, I, I just love where they took it on this whole De Palma jaunt. And, her in these, you know, what the hospital scrubs that she swore, mm-hmm. freezing her butt off on a bridge in Chicago is oh, such a great, gorgeous scene. The whole movie is gorgeous scenes. Right, it's well, it's a beautiful movie.
2: I I really enjoy the turn that she takes when she uh, confronts the cheating husband after she escapes oh, the mental institution. She gets home and sure enough, the student that he's been eye fucking is <laughs> yeah. there. And he's in a bathrobe or something Xander like that.
1: Berkeley's got such great torso wear in this movie. <laughs> in the opening professor scene, we get this great shot of her when she goes to meet her professor husband for the first time where it kind of pans the room back behind her. And as it kind of moves behind her, that's when she starts moving down the stairs. And it's, it's kind of one of those Hitchcock tricks where the camera becomes the person mm, without mm-hmm. you kind of re- realizing it movie's filled with good shit like that <laughs> so in it's, that yeah yeah in that scene he got he's wearing this double xl cardigan like <laughs> rolled up to the elbows but it goes down past his butt so he's got this huge cardigan over his plaid shirt and appropriately fitting ca- uh, corduroys gigantic sweater it on this suck. guy who knew how to dress the rest of himself we get at least two other sweaters from Berkeley. Big old baggy fisherman's yeah. sweaters. Well, the whole
2: time she's in the mental institution, he's playing like the caring husband. is like, yeah. we're going to get through this. Yeah. But you know what he's doing at Berkeley home.
1: Berkeley ditches her quick, which, again, yeah, I mean. After the second killing? Yeah. Yeah, probably. After, so <laughs> your wife, had she not necessarily done it, she's woken up in the same location now with a weapon as a beheaded dog, a missing baby, and a gouged to death best friend. Right. So the associations are poor. Mm-hmm. It's looking bad. It doesn't so look good. Xander Berkeley is kind of the dick, but the gut. You get why he's repainting yeah, the kitchen. The, you, you get understand. why he's redoing the whole apartment. He's yeah. trying to erase his memory <laughs> of <laughs> Helen with a with a new grad student. Uh, poor Helen. But this the whole scene. They could have played that the showdown scene with her and Berkeley when she returns home. Yeah. He's been her only lifeline because she murdered her best friend. Exactly. <laughs> and everybody else is looking for, her. he's the one connection she still has the one connection to normal life. And that's when she sees Tracy repainting uh, the, Oh, the ugliest salmon color for their new apartment. But they could, so they could have played that scene with her and her, Oh, i guess now ex-husband yeah as we all find out at the same time i just love how he she she uh yeah the
2: the young girl turns around sees helen there calls out to xander and he comes in like oh did baby get a boo-boo oh yeah it's this and total just yeah a total, just just the shittiest dude i know vibe and then all of a sudden record scratch yeah there's helen and yeah, she doesn't she doesn't go psycho on them too much. It could have
1: been super trashy she, and she it does could kind have been, of play it
2: almost realistic of just like okay and then she flashes out, throws some paint on the wall or whatever. She's,
1: but. she's as composed but as good. anybody would yeah. be in that situation. And I like that they made it clear that she wasn't a deranged psychopath. Exactly. Right. She understood she's exactly rational. what had happened. She was just shell-shocked because she was dumb enough. Like, she didn't figure this out. Mm-hmm. And she was hating herself that she didn't realize. You know, they could have had... And the tension between, well, we also technically don't know what she's capable of. <laughs> we don't know how in danger Tracy and Xander Berkeley are. Right. And so that... I love that shot of... You know, him telling Tracy to call the police and her like taking the phone and being like, yeah, you should call him." <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, man. So she's not a psychopath. She's just being like a boss bitch. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, yeah, I walked into the shittiest news just now. You would not believe the last month I'm having. Right. And exactly. this is what I come in on. Yeah. Give him a call. please give him a call. Tell him exactly what's going on here. Yeah. So yeah, I think after, uh, after she lives, that's when we get that shot of her over the bridge wearing these nurse scrubs that she stole to escape the, the asylum. And then man, the movie crescendos into her confronting. Like she basically just gives up. She realizes like, well, (laughs) I went too far. This is my life now and accepts her fate. And that's when we get the bees. (laughs) the bees I have avoided talking about the the bathroom scene that's fine but I kind of want to know I'm sorry it was so grisly it was so scary and I've never seen violence that way and with that this bees scene which is such a weird kind of violence yeah and earlier in the movie you had a mentally ill boy who got his genitals lopped off by Candyman because he went into the wrong bathroom oh that bathroom dude Pretty bloody. I don't know what was smeared on the walls. Oh, that, that was poop. sweets. <laughs> sweets <laughs> was for poop. the sweet. Yeah. I think judging by the immediate vomit expression Virginia Madsen had through that scene, you knew. But, dude, toilet full of bees. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That visual with the gross arrow pointing How did you know down. my fantasy baseball team? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> toilet full of bees. <laughs> 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 that's that's the new podcast name man toilet, <laughs> toilet full of b movies yeah right um and so you this get year. this scene with her going back through the looking glass through that medicine cabinet in the cabrini green somehow getting she just keeps going back and when Candyman's in there like it's his sarcophagus mm-hmm. the cabrini green is his tomb you know and man, I was not expecting the bees scene. We've been getting bees. They they've been showing screens full of bees a bunch. Right. I wasn't expecting Tony Todd to be constructed entirely of. Yeah, bees. The, the
2: reveal of when the the coat comes his away his open rib cage and just you, yeah, you know, yeah you get the bees. yeah open sinewy kind of muscular looking rib cage with all the bees over it. Yeah. So. And him just being like, "This is uh, this is me."
1: How incredible was it that they didn't have a fake Tony Todd head with <laughs> right. bees coming out of his mouth? They just had Tony Todd with bees in his mouth, like a like a Mr. Burns attack dog. <laughs> That's one of those times where I don't envy an actor. No. Yeah. I don't care what kind of protection was placed on the inside of that dude's mouth before 50 bees were shoved into it over... Mm-hmm. How long do you think it took Actually, him to get what happened, bees into his face?
2: What happened was um, they put some honey in the back of his throat. The bees went into his mouth, and then they f- just played it in reverse. <laughs> no, I don't.
1: look, Tony, we've never done this before, and that's the only thing we can. It's going to look of. really cool. We're <laughs> yeah. going to
2: get fifty bees to fly
1: into your mouth, <laughs> yeah, and then yeah,
2: you're going to look like. Uh,
1: yeah, so <laughs> I'm assuming there's it was loaded with some kind of you know wax or something but who knows movie magic nothing that was comfortable i'm sure no there's no way that to was a long day there's no that. way to comfortably load 30 to 50 bees in someone's mouth it's an hey, it's a production you, if you know tell me yeah. yeah if exactly. somebody knows out there you let us know cuz it's a production and so but man the payoff just to see this visual a full cut no ex, no obscured mm-hmm. makeup effects a full cut of him his face just vomiting bees. Holy God. Who's tried something that crazy? That's a that's a weirdo scene to shoot. And mm-hmm. I love it. I love the movie goes there. And I love it keeps blurring that line of her reality versus these things that are they. Ha- like this dream world surreal reality.
2: Yeah, this movie really. I love the way that it plays with our relationship to the urban legend. Yes. The way that people interact or know about or believe in or... Because at the end, basically, it's revealed that she's kind of the maybe reincarnation or just his fixation of his lost love that he got beat over. Yeah. And uh, then the whole project comes out to have this kind of final (laughs) confrontation with Candyman. So he's like a very real presence in their life. The movie makes it clear
1: that... You know,
2: even though he's these so supernatural, pe- whatever
1: these people believe in, these people believe in Candyman. Exactly. <laughs> you know, they don't he's worship Candyman, but he's a real horror in their lives. Right. And I love the uh, the gang member who is kind of taken on the persona. Like, he's kind of a grifting cash in artist. Like, oh, a lot of people are scared about this Candyman guy. I'm just going to get myself a big coat and carry around a hook. Right. That's cool. That's a smart <laughs> element to add into that movie. So this guy's climbing up based on a fear that they have of some urban legend. So we have a guy, a side story, where a guy has made himself into an urban legend. Right. Before the movie reveals, oh no, Tony Todd's the actual dude. No, there's a, there's a real candy. But that's a cool element. No, no urban legend movie has ever put me that deep and in the middle of the urban legend. Right. Usually it's like, oh, this, this girl did this thing, and now in five days this thing's going to happen. <laughs> exactly. And you're just waiting for the thing to happen. This puts you inside and becomes the urban legend. It's such a great, tough way of doing a movie like this. But damn, that bonfire scene. So here's another thing that messed me up watching movies at Carlos's place. <laughs> saw Candyman there. Mm-hmm. Within six months saw Maniac Cop 3. Mm-hmm. I don't think they were released that far apart. Maniac Cop 3 also has insane fire stunts. Oh, yeah. fire sequences. Maniac Cop 2 and 3 have nutso fire scenes. Totally. Dudes on fire. There's a it's, golden age of dudes so, on fire. I'm just thinking every horror movie is about people just getting lit on <laughs> fire at this point. Because that bonfire, there is this vacant, desolate lot. In the middle of these housing projects that has just been housing garbage Mm -hmm. and they are planning this bonfire for an event that we don't know until we find out this is their plan to actually stop Candyman teens are getting together garbage. To have a Candyman roast, hell yeah, the ultimate cookout. That sounds very pagan, but I love it. I love, I love they, I love that they went there. I love they went this whole satanic ritual,
2: right? You know, but it turns out that that baby from the beginning that's been missing the whole time is still alive, and Virginia Madsen can maybe reclaim her goodwill, her sanity, her yeah. salvation, she her can soul. Be-
1: move from urban legend to cult figure,
2: yeah, to hero, to, to heroine, yeah. And uh, she figures out that that baby's in the middle of that scrap pile. She goes in there, and when they
1: hear her rummaging around in there, the people come out and think she's Candyman. There's that great shot where she's taken a hook from Candyman's uh lair yeah yeah and she's oh, yeah. using it to scale this garbage pile like she's climbing this free solo in this trash pile it. you know and that kid and Jake, it totally
2: looks like they just told her to get on the trash dude, pile too because she's not they're like smoothly doing
1: look, it. do you know how many Jeez. bees we put in tony todd's mouth yeah, you can't walk ten feet up climb, a garbage climb pile. Climb the trash heap, and she's like, "How do I do it?" And they're like, "Just kind of figure out a way to keep the, moving." She's balancing on this pallet that's at a forty-five <laughs> degree angle while she's hooking into a meat, hooking into a mattress, so you're kind and of looking back like, "Is, is this is right? This, are we far enough up yet?" Can we cut to? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the ki- it cuts back to that great kid Jake yeah. who like sees the hook hand going into the pile. It's like he's in the pile. (laughs) I love that shot of the projects emptying. Yeah. Like this is the thing they have to rally around, but dude, that fire scene, that is where the Philip glass score does the real Mm. heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. That's what really is like, Oh, this is, this is a classy joint right here. Like epic. Those very epic. And that angelic crescendoing score as she's saving this baby to redeem herself to make make up her this penance. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that burning shots. And that's when all these burning desolate these overhead nothing shots that we've been seeing, that's when we get that flyover shot of that huge project's bonfire. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Amazing stuff. So good. Yeah. And she gets
2: the baby out. Good news.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, the the burn makeup. Oh man,
2: we that she, was like she comes out like a burn victim. Yeah, there's a great little like two seconds of screen time where you see her
1: her coming like, out of pulpy the bonfire ear and, like, and there's uh, like
2: one strand of hair left. And most of the hair dude, is burned off. It's Just oof. Those shots of all the kids
1: going out there with their gas cans. Yeah, I don't know what happened in 1992, but <laughs> the Madsen family and gas cans. We're like, <laughs> that is just the running joke between Michael Madsen's Reservoir Dogs gas can burning down a cop. <laughs> they all kind of threw the gas on they did the, the bonfire the exact same the way. The exact same yeah, way. And I guarantee you that can was the same gas can. Not the exact same That's can. funny. But that was the brand of can you got at the store. That red and yellow can. Was that just a thing people back in the day grew up knowing how to toss gas on stuff? I don't like, know. That was just I like mean, we, riding
2: a bike, you know, everyone kind of learns to. We had
1: that gas toss. can in like our, a trunk of one of our cars, you know, with like a gallon of gas in it. But I don't know what the weird happenings were in the Madsen family. It's like, huh, fire scene, huh? Yeah, weird thing. I am also throwing gas on somebody. That is weird. It's a weird Thanksgiving that year for the Madsons. Are they uh, siblings? Yeah. Yeah, Michael Madsen and Virginia. And Virginia. Siblings. Uh, I don't know if I ever knew that. There you go. Makes sense now, right? I mean, it doesn't make sense. They just have the same last name. Well, it
2: makes sense why she didn't have as good a career as she should have, just like Michael Madsen (laughs) did not have as good a career as he should have. Tons of acting work. Tons of of
1: stuff. But not the quality you'd expect from their respective talents. Exactly, Because... This movie, without her and Tony Todd, there's still an amazing vision there. But this that just shows how complete the vision was. Like, because those two, I've looked at some of the names that were considered for the movie. Mm. One of one of them you're gonna flip for. The original choice for Candyman, Eddie Murphy. Oh jeez. Could you imagine Eddie Murphy as Candyman? Oh no! Apparently he was interested. But they're like, tell the beast. They're like, we're making this movie for five million dollars, you know. And he's like, Eddie's out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no more. Eddie was making twenty million a picture. Yeah, nineteen ninety two. Eddie Murphy did not need to be doing Candyman. So we get blessed. I love Eddie, but we get blessed with Tony Todd. Eddie would not have had the same presence. Oh God, no. Who knows what kind no. of riffing to- Eddie would have done? Well, he just he wouldn't have the
2: the intimidating stature figure. Vocal, um, Any you other. know, omnipotent. kind thing. of... It was a Todd uh, project, yeah,
1: not a Murphy project. You
2: know, I mean, for you know, a guy like Tony Todd, obviously, he's not getting the leading roles that Eddie Murphy will get, <laughs> yeah. be getting because because Eddie Murphy is a guy that can fit into many roles, mm-hmm. whereas Tony Todd really fits into this role perfectly. It sucks. It's it, he's cursed by his height. The price you pay is you didn't
1: get a lot of acting work, but you are Candyman. You're Candyman. I bet Tony Todd makes like hundred and twenty grand a year at conventions. I think Tony's okay. He's still doing tons of work. And I, you know the con- convention paydays are good. Those 8x10s sell. Oh, yeah. Polaroids with Tony Todd are a selling point. Because he's looked exactly like Tony Todd for like 40 years now. Mm-hmm. Could, well, he's also probably a guy if you
2: if you looked at his IMDb, which I will uh, apparently refuse to do. Yeah, uh, we we aren't doing that. Uh, you'll notice so. he probably has like 100 credits, you know. At it's least. just one of those things where No, he's a regular actor. Virginia
1: Madsen is too. She's yeah. a, I mean, an Oscar nominated actress. But what they show in this movie, they should have been even more. This movie is great. This movie beyond just having such a close personal connection to me, it just continues to get better as an adult tony todd has 211 titles yeah makes sense under his career he's a great actor as an actor he's not just a genre guy he is a great dramatic actor that's great he could show up as like a boyfriend in a normal tv drama just
2: a tall dude as a boyfriend madsen's got uh she's got over 100 herself yeah she's
1: been acting since the i mean i think uh dune (laughs) <laughs> you know is the, oh, the sure. other other yeah. uh, big madson besides that and sideways but this movie just keeps it keeps growing in stature for me i am excited for the remake reboot whatever it is mm-hmm. uh i'm sure there's going to be good people involved with it we've gotten decent luck with with uh, the remakes and reboots so far but i don't know what they're going to improve upon I don't think the score has any chance of being as good as the glass score. If they get as good a leads as Madsen and Todd, I'll be stunned. And just, you know, where they set it is important. Cabrini green was, it's so cliche, but it was its own character in this movie. Mm-hmm. Important part of this movie gave it's truly frightening aspects where the human aspects that this exists, that reality, that's scary. That shouldn't happen. And, I think that's why this movie just keeps sinking its claws and its hook deeper and deeper into me. I don't want to get all gurgly about it.
2: No, no. But that hook's in there. Uh, No, for me, yeah, this movie is just that perfect blend of the urban and kind of the real-life horror. And the horror of uh, Virginia Madsen's character of, of... no one believing her and yeah. having this strange thing happen where she's out of control. That's of, why it, it of her adds that fate and
1: really well done Hitchcock tension yeah. of like the wrongly accused, yeah. the person who's we know she's innocent. We don't totally know. I like that the movie threw in that. Well, she she doesn't you know at the very end spoiler
2: alert she doesn't <laughs> make it out of the bonfire and then we see her.
1: She takes over
2: the urban legend. We see her gurgle up uh old xander at the end yeah she becomes the story with xander's girlfriend holding the big kitchen knife as she sees her setting her up to become the next tortured framed woman
1: that's some pretty good revenge that's fucking great that's some pretty
2: when that happened at the end well there's a great scene where she's almost out of the bonfire then it's like cut to her in a casket you're like okay okay got it. it got it got it got it didn't make it uh, so she's dead. Uh, I guess really, the movie's over. And then really, it's like that
1: final scene of her. Well, really nice in, scene at it. the funeral of all oh, of the yeah. residents of the projects. Really like that, was cool. that you know, coming really out. transitioning from urban legend to like folk hero, mm-hmm. almost totally. Uh, the person who did good by, Save by the, the pro- baby. Yeah. She saved that baby. I love that transition. <laughs> I think every other time I watch this, I forget that Xander gets gutted. <laughs> So gurgly. <laughs> so yeah, this time is just man, He's wearing like probably his dumbest sweater in the whole <laughs> picture, and you just hate that sweater. The guy plays such a smug putt so well. Totally, I love the dude. And yeah, him in the bathtub just ugh, love it. But, so good. Oh man, I just don't know. That Philip Glass score is so strong to me. And as I said, this topic I want, I want to don't want to forget it. I like that they showed surveillance footage of her not seeing Tony Todd. I mean, Mm. we were sure that he wasn't in there, but I like that it left that bit of, uh, well, you know, she probably did actually do all these murders. Oh yeah, she did. (laughs) So she's not, she cut that dog's head off. It's not actually the Hitchcock wrongly accused victim. It's the victim that genuinely thinks they're wrongly accused. Right, right. Which is a different left turn angle of it.
2: Yeah, whether she was possessed or whatever it was. Yeah, she did that.
1: She is genuinely innocent, in that she has no memory of it,
2: but
1: <laughs> oh, and The movie ties that kind of stuff together so well. It's I think it's a masterpiece. I, I'd put it right for nineteen ninety two, I put it's right up there with Reservoir Dogs for me. If you love
2: it, it's on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, yeah. see it on Netflix.
1: See it before the new one comes out. Yeah. In three months. That's We've a good got call. Some
2: time. That's a good call. See it before the new one and uh... mm-hmm.
1: Man, I think it came to this. It came to this. I yeah. don't think we. I think we pretty exhaustively. Did. Yeah, we left any... nothing to talk about for the the sequel, the <laughs> reboot. <laughs> Sorry, reboot. Well, we pretty extensively covered Candy Man, so this one was fine. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. Still Candy Print. No, this is an
2: all-time classic for a good reason. Yeah. Um,
1: Go watch it if you haven't seen it. Watch it, it if you haven't watched it since you saw yeah. it at a sleepover when you were fourteen. Obviously, watch it. Get on it. You're Come on, you're
2: guys. due. You're listening to a movie podcast. Yeah. Uh, I think you want to go see
1: these movies, right? You know the whole movie now. Go watch it. (laughs) Might as well. (laughs) I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. It came to this.